Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. For regular viewers and listeners of AWI Pod, please do not be offended because this program contains good wrestling. to the 28th edition of Warring to Attitude. I am your host, the Brent Files, and as always, with me as always, is a man who is from across the ocean and from the future. He is the ballroom bro and disco dancer down in my trip to the Intercontinental Playboy. Folks, he's moreover than drawn in the London, the North London Derby. Did I say that right? Yep, near enough. Okay, thank you. He's G.A. Russell, not Glenn. Have a Glenn. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I was about to say to those people that listened to us for the first 10, 15 minutes of the other sport talk, well, goodbye, because there was no real sport happened this weekend we didn't talk about. Nothing we want to revisit. That's Nothing we want to revisit, no. Um, yeah, I certainly don't even, I don't want to talk about my NFL team, because that's a trap. <laughs> um, Nebraska won. So I guess it's that we're we oh, now we're two and two, Glenn. Oh, that's good. We beat the illustrious, illustrious uh, football prowess program of Louisiana Tech. Oh, right. I'm just kidding. They they are not a powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know about the college. It's a team Nebraska should beat. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. And we only won by two touchdowns. And there's a team we probably should beat by more than two touchdowns. And next week, Glenn, they go to face the number three team, I believe, in the country right now. The mighty Michigan Wolverines come to town next week. Um, All right. It'll probably, it'll probably be about the score of the Dolphins game yesterday. 70 to 10, probably. The team full of Hugh Jackmans. Yeah, the team full of Hugh Jackmans. <laughs> yeah. We don't have any Hugh Jackmans on our team. Mm. Yeah, like I said, it'll probably be like 70 to 10. It'll probably be the score of that game. <laughs> so that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, but anyway, Glenn, any, anything else Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, not really. I think we just get on with it, didn't you? There's enough to talk about in this show, to be honest. Let's talk, let's talk about it then. Let's get on with it then, Glenn. We are talking about Raw's War. This is trouble. June the 2nd, 1997, in the, the Huntington Civic Center in Huntington, West Virginia. The Huntington Civic Center, Glen is now known as the Mountain Health Arena. But at one point for about six years, it was known as the Big Sandy Superstore Arena, which I think is an amazing fucking name. There's some sponsorship there. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Big Sandy's is like what well, Big Sandy's Superstore is like a big department store in some southern states in America. Yeah. Your former co-host may know of this place, but I've never heard of it in my life. And the fact yeah. that it was called the Big Sandy Superstore Arena just made me laugh. So, 
Excellent. I also found a very interesting place, Glenn. A very interesting event going on at this place. Um, on October the first, Glenn, if you find yourself in Huntington, West Virginia, you can check out and check out the Extreme Dwarfinators Wrestling, Glenn. That's right. Oh. Real people wrestling is happening at this place. <laughs> the event starts at seven a.m. Tickets start at twenty dollars for kids, twenty-five for general admission, and only forty dollars for ringside seats, Glenn. So if you find yourself in Huntington, West Virginia on October the 1st, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like fun. That is the most fun I've ever had in my life, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? My uh, Mini Vader and Mini Mankind turn up. Who knows? Who fucking knows? I mean, it's extreme. Not only is it like mini wrestling, it's extreme mini wrestling. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, I was pretty fucking excited to see that. I was wishing it was at the what fucking... Did they, what did they use waste paper bins instead of trash cans? <laughs> that, that's what they do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Show kicks off, of course, the recap of last week. We got new tag team champions, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels, after beating Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. They also tell us that after the match, when uh, Austin attacked Bret Hart, he re-injured the knee... Of Bret Hart, and so we're going to find out more about that tonight. And then they also remind us about the Undertaker telling Paul Bear that he was going to kill him, and then maybe deciding that he couldn't actually kill him, kill him, in, and then rejoining Paul Bear. So um, that's yeah. how it kicks off. And Glenn, the dead man's not going to waste any time sort of explaining himself because as, as soon as the show starts, his music hits. He, and Vincent and JR seem to be surprised. Yeah, but he didn't know. <laughs> He's obviously threatening somebody backstage. <laughs> Get me out there. Let me out there or I will choke you worse than I choked Paul Bearer last week. Jesus. Yeah. But Vince must not have been that surprised because he certainly got his ass up into the ring to interview him. So, mm. And so Vince asked the Undertaker for an explanation about you know what happened last week. Undertaker says it's all about blackmail and he did what he had to do last week to protect the people that he loves. Um which I don't know who those people are, but uh, he said that a lot. He reminded us a lot that he he wanted to protect the people that he loved, and he wasn't going to allow the people of his past name to be trashed anymore by Paul Bear, even though he wanted to break his neck. But he said that would not help him with the circumstances surrounding him now. Um, I think that might have helped him, though, Glenn. I mean, he might have went to prison for murder, but if he had killed Paul Bear, nobody would ever learn a secret. No, that's true. None of this actually before any bearing on where the storyline went. No, he kind of rambled, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He did. It's as though they're making it up as they're going along with this. They know where they want to get to, but they don't know how to get there. They're still trying to figure out if they should use this Isaac Yankum guy. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's going to be, maybe it'll be like Papa Shango, like Dave Meltzer suggested. All oh, right, yeah. I think you, didn't you say that oh, last yeah. week that you read a report that Dave Meltzer said that it was going to be Papa Shango? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't see him selling Papa Shango as the dead man's brother, though. No, I don't think I don't, but I don't think that if that was where they were going to go, I think I don't think they were going to say he was the Undertaker's brother. That would have been, <laughs> uh, been something. He says he won't be going to hell when his life ends because he's living it now, which I already thought he was dead, so I guess not. No, no yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, it's another thing that he you know, talk about disappointed. They talk about the dead man, and then he says he's, he's not dead yet. 
Yeah, exactly. And then he says that's why now he must go down this path with Paul Bear as his manager. And speaking of Paul Bear, here comes Paul Bear waddling down to the ring. <laughs> and he says, the Undertaker does too much talking, and maybe I ought to do some talking. And the Undertaker kind of gives him a death stare. And, you know, Paul Bear's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And he's like, I dare you come down here and talk behind my back. Um, and he's going to do whatever Paul Bear wants him to do, whether he likes it or not, he says. <laughs> and then he says something about after the Undertaker takes out every single one on the roster, he is going to be the master and the ruler of the world. And Glenn, only, only one man is the master and the ruler of the world. And who is that man? Oh, it's going to be Sid. That's right. So fucking Psycho Sid makes his way out to the ring because he says, it might be softball season, but I won't stand for another man being the master and the ruler of the world. He basically comes down to the ring and challenges the Undertaker for a match. But you know, Glenn, if Sid's talking, we're listening. So sure, right we are. Let's hear what he got to say. Hold on, let me turn up the volume so we can all hear it very well. All right, here we go. First of all, fat man! You don't rule nothing! See, I rule the world! And I rule the World Wrestling Federation! Until WrestleMania 13, when this man beat me. And I said to myself, there's no sense in asking for a rematch because this man wore that belt with pride. I had to lose a little bit of respect because if you're gonna leech onto this fat, no good leech, and you're gonna do what he says, dead man. Then that makes you no better than him. So I'm gonna ask to take the rematch, and I want it tonight. And I'm gonna fire bomb you straight to hell. Thank you, Psycho. Said we've missed that. Excellent. Very good stuff there from all like and that crowd that was so over Sid was so over that crowd. How disappointed are they gonna be? They think that they're gonna get a title rematch here because yeah. that's what rematch means. Yeah, he definitely made it sound like he wanted the match for the championship. Absolutely he did. Definitely. But when, as we as we'll talk about when we come to it, they make it very abundantly clear that that, that is not the case. <laughs> before the match. So Sid basically agrees to what I think is for the WS Championship uh, match tonight. So this brings up the Nation of Domination, furthering why I would think that this match is for the title of the night, because Farouk's like, oh, no, no, no. I got a championship match coming up. So, like, why would he care if it was a non-title match? Uh, right. He said he's, it doesn't matter because he's going to become the champion and rule the WF next week. Undertaker then chases him up the ramp, but the Nation just leaves. Um, so Sid is back, and we'll be facing the Undertaker tonight. So yeah, sadly for only a short while, <laughs> for a very short while. We also will be getting a tag team title match tonight, as LOD will be facing the new tag team champions. Also, Savio Vega will battle Mankind in the first round of King of the Ring match. They also let us know that Farouk also will be battling Ahmed Johnson tonight, and then they show like a a very sad looking Ahmed Johnson leaning up against the trash. Yeah, he's angry about something, but who knows with him? It could be anything, couldn't it? 
Probably that he thought he'd done with Farouk. Probably, probably, like all of us, he was like, no, not again. Not again. <laughs> he says he's glad, you know, that Farouk's got big plans tonight to become the WF Championship, but that's too bad because he's taking them out tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, we come back from the break. Nation's already in the ring. They show us a video detailing the long... And I do mean long history between Ahmed Johnson and Farouk. <laughs> and I don't think there's any end in sight. Um, so Farouk basically starts attacking Ahmed from behind. Um, Farouk, he like, takes Farouk down and starts whooping him with a belt. Uh, Ahmed does. Uh, they send the, They made it seem like the Nation of Domination was being sent away from ringside, but they weren't because they were still like, you know, halfway down the ramp. So they were still yeah. inside. They didn't quite make it out to the back, did they? Yeah, no, they didn't. It was just weird because they made a point to tell us, oh, the nation has been sent away, but I can still see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see them still. Um, so, yeah, Ahmed Johnson hits a spine buster, and then the nation come back down toward the ringside area. Uh, Ahmed Johnson's tripped by Salvio Vega, which brings the Undertaker down here. He's brawling with the rest of the nation. They all get involved. Undertaker, like, Throws Farouk, but he like smashes into Ahmed Johnson, but sends Ahmed Johnson smashing into the seal steps. Farouk then rolls Johnson in, pins him one, two, three. Um, Farouk then like sort of lures the Undertaker back down to the ring. I think is what he was kind of trying to do. Yeah, because Ahmed Johnson's waiting in there and he's wondering what the fuck just happened between the Undertaker. And I like how Undertaker didn't even try to mix any words with him. He just immediately chokes him. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, the guy has just, after the millionth time, have escaped another beating by the whole of the nation. You think he'd just be relieved and get out of there, but no, he pisses the Undertaker off and gets a choke slam for his trouble. Yeah, no, but, but I'm just is like, hey man, what happened there? And he's like, man, fuck this. <laughs> I don't have time for any of this. My family's dead. Paul Bears, my manager. I'm getting blackmailed. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it hasn't been a good day to be Ahmed Johnson thus far. No, very, no. Very I understand why he was looking at that trash can barrel so upset. Like, then, then let us know. We'll be hearing from the Hearts next to find out more about the injury to Bret Hart's knee that may keep him out. What if it will keep him out of the King of the Ring? We then get an ad pushing for those goddamn deflatable King of the Ring chairs, which they're really selling those, aren't they, Len? They certainly are. Nearly as much as they are other things, which we'll come to in a bit. Oh, yeah, they're really pushing those things, aren't they? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, come back. Hard Foundation's in the ring. Can't help but notice, Glenn. Brett's back on crutches. So. Right, um... There's a little thing here um, that was a thing that was sort of tied in with this Bret Hart knee injury thing. And it was that Austin was told by one doctor that week that his injury could be the beginning of a serious neck problem. And the doctor suggested he retire. So he says he's going for a second opinion. Well, I think he got that second opinion. <laughs> yeah, he must have got it. Hmm. And it's crazy that you say that because, like, he hasn't even got dropped on his head by Owen Hart yet. Like, that hasn't even happened yet. And he's already oh. had the neck problem. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, wow. Yeah, and they're like, so while they have Brent and, and you know, the Hart Foundation in the ring, they also bring up Austin and Shawn Michaels on the Titantron, too. So this is like a fucking board meeting at this point. They're Zooming before Zoom was the thing. Um, Vince asked Brett about the knee injury, and Brett tells Austin that since he jumped, since he's jumped him over and over, he's jumped him over and over again. He also tells uh, HBK that he won't get his big match at King of the Ring because the doctors say it would be too big of a risk, and so it's not going to happen. And Brett tells uh, Shawn Michaels that he can thank his partner Steve Austin for all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, at least we get something better out of it in the long run. I mean, it's not going to be anything that's bad. That's for goddamn sure. And so then basically Austin and Sean start bickering back and forth because Shawn Michaels is mad because he doesn't get to face Bret Hart and see Austin doesn't give a shit about you or the you know apparently the USA or he just wants to whoop Bret Hart's ass and that's what he did. Um, yeah, so they just go back and forth and then eventually they're kind of the Hart Foundation is kind of whispering, you know, talking to each other in the ring. And Brian Pillman gets on the mic and tells told Steve Austin, you know, I'll 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 forego my match with you at King of the Ring and let Shawn Michaels take my place, and we can fight later on if that's what you want to do. And so then they basically agree, and now it's going to be Shawn Michaels versus Steve Austin at King of the Ring, um, the tag team champions facing off against each other, Glenn. So that's going to be fun. Yes, yeah. Which, to be fair, is probably a better option than. What they were planning, anyway. I mean, I don't think Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels would have been a bad thing, but we would have had to get like a smash finish because obviously Bret wasn't going to lose because he wasn't never ever going to wrestle in the United States again. So, no. <laughs> which we're going to see that stipulation come back later on, Glenn. We're going to hear Bret make that same stipulation for a match in a couple of months here. So, um, so, yeah, and, and Austin basically tells Shawn Michaels he can come find him and do something about it if he wants to. Austin goes back to the, the dressing room. They kind of have, like, a war of words. They cut back to the ring. And, of course, the Hart Foundation is laughing. Um, and then, Glenn, we're finally going to get the rematch we've been clamoring for. Bob Holly will face Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. Of course, Big Bob Holly got the big win over Owen Hart in his hometown of Mobile, Alabama couple of weeks ago and then they whooped his ass and so now maybe he'll get his come up as what do you think glenn did you think bob holly had any chance to win the oh, i was weird uh, yeah i would have thought he would have gonna win this now after he'd already beaten him once i thought that he was i mean how it was done for him it's time to push that fucking um nascar guy to the moon glenn yeah luckily they didn't though no, luckily they really didn't. I, I thought Bob looked pretty good this match, though. It, it's a, a lot of a lot of big impact moves. I guess you could maybe chalk this up too. He was working with Owen Hart. As 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 far as that sort of three three and a half minute TV match went, it was a good match. But then again, you know, Bob Polly is a is is a solid hand, and yeah, Owen Hart is one of the best, so you'd expect it. Yeah, definitely. There comes a spot where Bob tries to go for a Huracan Rana, but Owen catches him with the power bomb, and then locks in the sharpshooter uh, for the win, obviously. Yeah, just after JR had, had put the commentator's curse on Bob Holly by saying he was building momentum. 
<laughs> I think I think Jim Ross does that for a lot of people's careers when he tries to build momentum for them in the backstage area. <laughs> uh, we then again talk to Stone Cold Steve Austin and ask him if he'll face. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Shawn Michaels, and ask him if he'll face Stone Cold Steve Austin at the King of the Ring, and indeed he will. And he says that Austin will be swinging the sweet sounds of sweet chin music, and then Pillman can have whatever's left over next week on Raw. This was a really promo-heavy Raw, like lots of promos. Yep, it was. But then again, we're building towards King of the Ring, that's why. And they're they're had to do a lot of the storylines that for some reason they've painted themselves into corners with. That's a really good point, yeah. Because they basically had to build this whole, because you're looking for a match with Brett and Sean, and now you had to basically pivot on the same week of the pay-per-view to Austin and Sean. So, yeah, I get it. And then uh, they show us some highlights from the interview with Man, part two interview with Mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they show us a little bit of clips from part three of the interview with Mankind. And we're going to watch that later on when we get to that, too. So stick around yeah. for that. And then we get the highlight of the show. Well, for some. Sonny squirts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was funny. <laughs> that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's more of Sonny's search and soak missions. And no, that's not what you think it is. It's a super soaker. Get your mind out of the gutter. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's on with a super soaker this time again. Um, and she's got one of those that shoots around corners and sideways and everything because they're all like all the people that she's uh, squirted so far are all lying in wait for her but she gets a lot of them she actually uh, she got it. god damn it yeah, sorry, I what i'm saying here and i meant it <laughs> the honky-tonk man yeah i know <laughs> i know you did pal. the honky-tonk man jim are plotting with the headbangers here to shoot sunny with the squirt guns when they get her to come down the hallway but little they know oh god Little do they know, Sunny squirts from all sides. <laughs> so she shoots all of them at once. She gets all four men at once, which only Sunny can do. God damn it, Glenn. Are we finally, mercifully, going to get the blow off? To the few that has been Hunter Hearst, Tumbley, and Goldust because they're taking on each other next. Um, we get the detailed history between these two. This has got to be it, Glenn, right? Yeah, well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? God, I hope so. Especially God, is whoever's, whoever wins this is getting a shot at the British Bulldog. Yeah, whoever yeah. wins this will be getting a European Championship match. Which I can't remember the last time Bulldog defended the European Championship. Which know. actually shows what they think of the European Championship. The fact that they've got a pay-per-view coming up. And they're going to defend it. He's going to defend it on the Raw after. <laughs> yeah. Really, really important. Pay, real important titles. On, on yeah, the it is. Um. So yeah, Hunter's already in the ring. Goldust, of course, on the way down, makes his way down the ring, but wastes no time getting in there, kind of whooping on, on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And I don't know if like the crowd was happy to see Marlena in that see-through dress that she had on, but they yeah. were like the crowd seemed super interested in this match. Like everybody was standing on their feet. Yeah, that's gonna be that's got to be what it was. Or maybe they were like anticipating China like fucking ragdolling her again. Mm, yeah, 
because but, like literally as you say that thing was so flimsy that that was a, a wardrobe malfunction waiting to happen if she'd even touched her it definitely was yeah they didn't want marlena doing any heavy running out there or something like that. No. <laughs> uh yeah so hunter hits a nice high knee and uh, then he like he zips open the ring gear of of gold dust pulls it open and it starts slamming some slaps on his chest which i thought was a nice uh mm -hmm. it's amazing that like they had one two three four five six matches on the show and one of them went over five minutes yeah just one that's it just one thank you, thank you. But, uh, thankfully this one wasn't one of them because <laughs> by, by halfway through this that crowd that was so into this at the beginning had died completely by this point they totally lost interest in it. Yeah, they did kind of fall off as it was going. Um, China, of course, gets involved. She when Gold when Goldust is uh, laid across the middle rope, she gets up on the apron, but Marlena grabs her foot, and then uh, Triple H tries to hit Goldust with the high knee, but Goldust moves and he ends up hitting China. Then Goldust rolls up on her assembly for the three count and the win. So Goldust will face the British Bulldog next week for the European Championship. And then uh, we got to watch witness China chuck a referee out of the ring, which was fun. Yes, yeah, and she's going to get a big fight for that. Called it to JR. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's what they said. That's what they said. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, Glenn, the heel got his comeuppance. The baby face won. So hopefully, mm. we won't have to see. Yeah, that. yeah, that's it. Hopefully, hopefully. Um. It's not very long now before uh, Hunter Hurts Helmsy becomes Triple H. So, right, probably is the end of this. And I know he's going to be starting a feud with Mankind slash Cactus Jack slash Dude Love here coming up pretty soon. So mm -hmm. he's going to be moving into that. And then they let us know that the LOD uh, Austin Shawn Michaels tag team match will be up next. But first, we're going to get a little promo from LOD where Hawk says that he is going to kick. Shawn Michaels' teeth down Austin's throat. <laughs> Glenn, how does that work? I don't know. But he made. But the thing, the good thing is, is he's setting himself up because he made the mistake of saying that last week. Oh yeah, yeah, he did say that. Let's do it again. He was sort of just. Is setting himself up with it rather than. I guess you would have to, like, extract Austin's teeth, right? Yeah. Then stick yeah. him in Joe Michael's mouth and then kick him down his throat. Is that how it would work? Must be something like that. Yeah. Maybe they could have got oh, Isaac yeah. and DDS to help him with that. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it pull him out, and then sort of mandible claw him into the other person's mouth before you give him a super kick. That would be. I mean. I don't want to give any hardcore, I mean, deathmatch wrestling any ideas, but <laughs> nothing's more hardcore than you removing your opponent's teeth, sticking them in another guy's mouth, and making him swallow them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Me and you are missing too many teeth to be talking about teeth like this. Anyway, <laughs> forget it. Forget we said anything. Um, so yeah. <laughs> The Legion of Doom battling Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels for the tag team titles. Glenn, this was the one match that went over five minutes. This was yeah, and you would think 
that you go, okay, they've got Austin and Michaels feuding. This is the perfect opportunity to get the titles off of Give them as a proper tag team. Let the tag division recover. And let Austin and uh, Michaels go their own sweet way. <sighs> but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, they also like, they show us the you know, footage of the last time that the Legion of Doom won the WRF Tag Team Championships was at the SummerSlam 1991, and they defeated none other than the certified sink misses themselves, the Nasty Boys, to win. So. It looked like it had been shot on Super 8 Cine. <laughs> it might as well have been in black and white, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have thought 1991 was 100 years ago from 1997. <laughs> with, the, with, with the way it was, you would have thought so, yeah. <laughs> This is how they got it off of some fan cam. Because they didn't have any of it themselves. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. Um, so, yeah, LOD's in the ring, and then HBK and Austin make their way down to the ring. Um, Austin and, and, and uh, Shawn Michaels are all about to come to blows before the match even happens. LOD then steals the tag team titles from them and holds them up, and Austin and Michaels grab them back. And Yeah, so... I don't know. It was a, it was a, it was a fun little match. It was the best match on the show, but that's not saying a whole lot. It was. Uh, and Shawn Michaels does a great selling, bouncing around like a good one as the LOD was throwing him about. Yeah, I wrote that same thing. I wrote, yeah, a, bu a bumping machine. Shawn Michaels was out here. He was flipping, yeah. he was flying all over the place for the LOD. Um, because if he didn't do it himself, he would have had to. Um, he was going to fly around that wing one way or the other, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. It was going to happen. Yeah, so finally things start to break down. All four brawling in the ring. LOD clears the ring. Um, Austin at one point ends up hitting, I think, Hawk in the face with the Tag Team Championship yeah. belt, but doesn't keep Hawk down, of course. And of course, he no sales it. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. And then uh, the LOD gets a double clothesline. Um, and then the hearts come down to the ring again. Uh, they almost starts clearing the house after a hot tag. HBK has, starts having words with the hearts on the outside. So Austin goes out there to try to grab. He, he tries to grab Shawn Michaels to get his attention. But the thing you don't want to do to somebody when they're attacking with you to get your attention, you don't want to grab them by their hair, usually in home, no. because they usually, people don't like that. No. <laughs> Especially when you got, got luscious locks, like that, that was probably the start of Shawn Michaels' problems. There is Steve Austin pulling his hair. That's probably what it was. That's when he started to lose it. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, Shawn Michaels is very happy with this. Uh, and so they start having words. And then basically, this turns into an all out brawl between these two. They start fighting all over the place. Uh, ends in a count out, of course, uh, while Austin and Michaels are fighting each other. Um, they continue to fight. The officials have to break them up. Yeah, that's it. Decent, that yeah. Sum this up by decent match ship finish. Yeah, like you said, golden opportunity there to just have Shawn Michaels and um, and Austin. You could you could have gotten into a fight and then have you know LOD one with a roll up or something. You know yeah, I mean? and you know, become the new tag champion. But one of one of the Legion of Doom hit somebody with a chair. Hit one of them with a chair and just let them roll back in the ring and. Get pinned. 
Yeah, yeah. There was loads of ways that they could have put that those titles on the Legion of Doom. I think you could have added even more of like a like a a thing for Austin to be mad at, and Austin and Shawn Michaels be mad at each other about like you cost us the championship. No, you cost us the championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I guess we I guess we're we're armchair booking sixteen years later. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably more than sixteen years, but whatever. Yeah. Then uh, we're getting part three of the interview with Mankind coming up soon. Uh, again, they show clips of both sides. And then we come back from that, and uh, the King is making his way down to the ring. He's going to be joining commentary for this match because this match will be Savio Vega versus Mankind, and they will face uh, Lawler in the second round or the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the uh, King of the Ring tournament on Sunday. And then we get the part three of the fabulous Mankind um, interview. And of course, we're going to put it up on the screen here as I found yeah. it on YouTube and we're going to give it a watch because it's good shit. And I could sit here and try to put it into words, but I wouldn't do it justice. So. That's right. What made Cactus Jack different was he just wanted it a little bit more. He was willing to go the extra length he was willing to sleep in a filthy car in order to achieve his dream. He was willing to forego part of romantic relationship to be the best. He was somebody in an era of bodybuilder physiques who carved out his own niche, said, I'm going to make it on my own style. Said, no one else is going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to dye my hair. I'm going to be exactly who I am. And I'm going to do it my way. As the legend of Cactus Jack grew, so too did his affinity for pain. Concerned independent promoters soon asked him to tame his increasingly brutal behavior. But Mick Foley always did things his way. Instead of compromise, he left the United States to seek satisfaction in a bizarre, sadistic wrestling subculture in Japan. And I've heard rumor about these horrible matches that took place. And I didn't care. As far as I was concerned, this was my destiny. And I walked out the first time I saw barbed wire strung up in place of ring rope. And I said, I'm finally home. This is holy little boy. It's finally home. And Jimmy, I kid you not when I say it didn't matter the match. I wrestled on beds of nails. I wrestled on 10,000 thumbtacks. I wrestled on C4 explosives. And the funny thing was, it didn't matter how mutilated I was physically. I healed myself spiritually. Mm. Because for the first time, I was respected. I'll go so far to say I was loved. People lined up and chanted my name, Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack. They started telling me to line up like they do here to spit on me, to pee in paper cups and pour it on me. I had my dignity, and I'm not sure I've got it anymore. Obviously, uh, these matches in Japan were, were, were bizarre. They were dangerous, uh, career-threatening. If I'm not mistaken, you... 
I've seen you've been rubbing your arm there a lot since we've been talking. There's very significant scars there. Those occur uh, in one of those matches in Japan you're talking about. He shall strip his sleeve and show his scars and see these wounds I had at St. Crispin's Day. And the good story shall be told from father to his son. For we shall be remembered. We few. We happy few. We brothers. For he who sheds his blood with me today shall be my brother. It's kind of touching, isn't it? Oh, it's no Shakespeare. You're very well read, aren't you? You see, Jimmy, it shows me that I'm not alone. There's nothing freaky about being proud. When I look in the mirror, you know what I see? I'd be afraid to guess. I don't, I don't really know. I see a life fulfilled. I see a roadmap of everywhere I've been. I just have to look and see Tokyo, Japan. Munich, Germany. Louisville, Kentucky, and everywhere in between. The nomadic reign of Cactus Jack lasted nearly 11 years, but his fondest memory occurred aboard a commercial airliner where his battle-ravaged body made an indelible impression on a fellow passenger. I'm a coach-class person, but they took one look at my wounded face, my scarred and battered arm, my stitched head, my stitched hand, my stitched ear, and they bumped me up. The woman sitting next to me didn't quite understand that. She spent double the money and ended up moving back to coach to get away from me. She felt that much of me that she couldn't stand to be around me. And not a day goes by when I don't think of her face drifting to the back. And I stretched out in her seat. And I had the ride of my life. I was the death match champion. And I had the ability to make people sick. Next week, the metamorphosis is complete as mankind impacts the WWF. Every time I put on the mandible claw, in my mind, that's Vince McMahon, and I'm saying, why didn't you take me when I was good? Why didn't you take me when I was young? God damn it, Kyle, why don't you stop joking me? It's excellent. <laughs> I had to add that. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is everything that was good about these interviews that was bad about the bank the uh, uh, gold dust ones. Yeah, especially that story at the end where he talks about how you'll get bumped up to first class. And I, I had the ability to make people sick, and that's... And those photos of IWA in Japan were supposed to be part of a deal for Atushi Onita to get an exploding ring match in the US at the MSG Raw in September. Guess what? It never happened. 
There's no fucking way that they <laughs> ever allowed that in fucking MSG. There's no fucking <laughs> way. Yeah. There's no. The funniest thing about those pictures is I, I thought this was funny. This is probably a huge publication in Japan, and I just don't know any better because I'm a dumbass. But it says, courtesy of Baseball Magazine. And yeah. the fact that a, a baseball magazine would be covering a death wrestling match just it makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get that new edition of Baseball Magazine so I can look at those exploding ring matches. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, so the nation makes their way down to the ring, but there's no Farouk. I've noticed that Farouk's not really associating himself much with Vega and Crush. No. No, he's uh, he de there's definitely something going on in the uh, annals of uh, the Legion. Yeah, the Legion of Doom is. I'm sorry, the Nation of Doom. <laughs> and then, of course, Mankind comes down after that. A lot of cheers for Mankind all the way out of the yeah. Lots of cheers. Uh, JR says he wishes Dude Love could see this. Um, technically, he <laughs> was seeing it. Oh, I, don't know yeah. <laughs> I know what he meant, though. Yeah, no, I get what he was meaning to do. I'm just being a smartass. Uh, yeah, so, dude, I finally did get to see it. Uh, um, was it? Uh, well, Rumble. <laughs> they had the three faces of Foley. And the crowd went mad. I think that was in 98, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I I always love the story of Mick Foley. He's like his son was like convinced he was a jobber, and so he would try to like tell him cool stories of like when he's like, "Did you don't you know I was in the, I'm the only superstar ever to be in the Royal Rumble, the one Royal Rumble, the same Royal Rumble three different times." And he's like, "And you still couldn't win it." <laughs> I think that's fucking amazing. You still win it. Um, this was hard hitting and, and fun to watch. It was only three minutes, but the, yeah. it was a good three minutes. Yeah. What put me off with this is bloody Jerry Lawler. Oh, he's the worst. He's absolutely, yeah. This isn't the Jerry Lawler that we get further down the line. You know, you've got that iconic pairing. Right. This, is just, this is Jerry Lawler that was, well, I don't know what he was trying to do. Shouted over everything, and I suppose just trying to be that get get all the attention. Really, I guess I, don't know, I guess that they were thinking he'll they'll put him into this thing with Jerry Lawler running him down a little bit, and maybe that'll help him get over more with the people. They mm. clearly didn't need that because the interview thing is really working. So he got a big pop from the crowd here. They also mentioned like they went to a commercial break before they came back to the match, and they said that Paul Bear that he maybe I went to the back looking for Paul Bearer. Um, before the match started, but apparently couldn't find him. So, no. um, yeah, Mankind's like beating up on Savio Vega, but then Savio Vega ends up backdropping Mankind on the steel ramp, and then Savio Vega goes into the ring and jumps from the top rope all the way to the outside on Mankind, which is a pretty cool sight to see. Um, did not see that happening at all. <laughs> I just didn't. Yeah, so they end up like mankind does the clothesline where they both go tumbling over the top rope, and you can you Jerry the King of Law is running down mankind some more. So mankind grabs him by his fucking jacket and just yanks him over the. I cheered at that point. <laughs> yeah, everybody went. Thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody had to fucking do it. 
He lost his crown. He, lo he lost his coat. He even lost the headset. <laughs> yeah, thank God. So Mankind's our superstar of the week because he fucking shut that down. We were tired of fucking listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then he, he locks in the mandible claw, um, but the king is, like, distracting the referee. So Crush gets up on the apron and tries to punch Mankind, but he misses and punches Savio Vega instead. So Mankind <laughs> then covers Vega. Ref gets back in the ring. One, two, three. So it'll be Mankind versus Jerry the King Lawler uh, at, at King of the Ring in the semi-final matchup. Can't um, wait for next week. <laughs> what did you say? I said I can't wait for next week. Oh, uh, what happened? Oh, well, what happens next week? It's King of the Ring, isn't it? Next week. Uh, oh, see, so we can't wait to watch Jerry Lawler get his ass up by Mankind. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, so Vega and Crush start having words after the match, and then they basically start fighting with each other. It looks like Farouk's going to come down and separate him, but by the time he gets to the middle of the rap, he says, fuck this shit, and just leaves and goes to the back. <laughs> and then they, they do like a thing. Nation, and it's certainly not dominating anymore. Yeah, the nation is no longer the place for domination, that's for sure. They do like a little rundown over the match, so we'll see King of the Ring, but I'll do that after this show. So we won't do it right now. Then we get to the main event of the evening. It's going to be the WWF champion defending the belt against Psycho. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is clarified as being a non-title match before the match. Yeah, they absolutely made sure that Howard Spinkle got on the, on the yeah. mic and told everybody this non-title contest is scheduled for one fall. So, so this is a rematch. This is a random match between The Undertaker and Sid. Well, and as we know from some of Sid's promos, sometimes his brain gets into a little bit of a lapse. So maybe he just forgot to say, hey, make sure this thing's for the title before he went out to the ring. So maybe it's his fault. We don't know. It, it, well, it could be that Sid screwed Sid over this. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes Sid screws Sid. Because it's just, funny uh, when um, Sid was making his way out to the ring. JR makes a joke that Sid's got the sweetest softball swing in the WWF. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, he keeps talking about it. Sorry. Um, there's a little spoiler coming up here. Um, this is Sid's first match back after his back injury. But apart from that, um, it says, uh, uh, and he was told by Vince to, that he was going to do the job for The Undertaker tonight in his first match back and he refused so vince threatened him to to basically to uh to sack him um and basically this is the last time that we see sid in the wwe wwf wwe for 20 odd years well that's not right glenn because i know for a fact he has a match at the king of the Ring. oh right this note's wrong then Appeared on Raw. Oh, that's that might, might it could very well be the last Raw appearance. Last that very Raw. Well be. Sorry about that. Yes, that's okay. So I listen to before we like do any of the pay per view shows, I usually try to listen to something to wrestle with, which is Bruce Pritchard's podcast about the show. Yeah, um, and they do talk about how he did talk about how Sid did not want to do the job for The Undertaker when he came to the building that night, he wasn't happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why any person would ever have a problem doing a job for Mark. 
are doing a job for the Undertaker. Like, why would you even balk at that ever? I know. The uh, fucking Undertaker. He's the fucking champion. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. And it built him up so much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, if I was him, I would have been upset that they weren't going to make it a championship match because you basically made me look like a dumbass in my opening promo. I would have been mad about that. I would have, that would have been understandable. Uh-huh. So, yeah, very short, sort of hard-hitting match. Sid hits the biggest choke slam on Undertaker. Undertaker kicks out. Undertaker fights back, firing off some nice punches in the corner. Um, this is kind of really where he becomes like a really good striker. Like he was never talked about for striking prowess. But no. I think now is the time where they really start to talk about that because he does a lot of good punching here. Um, and so basically, Taker wins with a uh, with a tombstone, and then immediately afterwards, the Nation of Domination starts attacking the Undertaker. Sid tries to help the Undertaker, but they start attacking Sid as well. And basically, the show goes off the air with the Nation of Domination and Farouk standing tall, which you know that you know what that means, Glenn. He's got no shot at winning the pay-per-view. Wow, that's right. And um, the crowd were yelling for the for the Legion of Doom. Never to be seen. That's probably because they'd be just been shafted out of the title as well. <laughs> They've gone home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Legion of Doom seemed to be the most overact on the show, at least in Huntington, West Virginia. Yeah. They got, I mean, they were facing Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels, who are like the top two baby faces in the company. And the people were chanting LOD. They give a fuck about Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, that's it. You know, you, you, you think that that would have been a good way of segueing into a feud between the LOD and Crush and Salvio. Something. I mean, or Bulldog and Owen. They could have, you know, yeah. just do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I this was, I would say this is probably the best go home show to a show that we've watched before pay per view. Um, but that isn't saying much because mostly yeah. they're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've not been good. But they're, yeah, as you say, it was very promo heavy. But there was a lot of storytelling in it because they're building up to stuff. Because as it's, proven from last week they hadn't a clue what was going to happen at king of the ring apart from the <laughs> tournament yeah definitely not so i'm going to give this one like i gave last week's episode i'll just go one thumbs up, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Two. Yeah. Yeah, but i'll give it one um so yeah make sure you join us next week we will be reviewing the um king of the ring 1997 pay-per-view I wish that I could find this pre-show match, Glenn, because I think it's the first tag team combination of. So it's, oh, I'm sorry, it's Bart Gunn. I'm not Billy. So it's the Headbangers taking on Bart Gunn and Jesse James. They could have been the old age outlaws, Glenn. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but we won't see that one because it was on the pre-show and that's not on the network. So we'll we'll see. Hunter Hearst Helmsley will battle Ahmed Johnson in a semifinal King of the Ring match, and Mankind will battle Jerry Lawler in a semifinal King of the Ring match. We're also going to get Goldust versus Crush. I don't know why, but okay. Goldust versus Crush is going to happen. We're also get the Hart Foundation, Owen Hart and Jim Nightheart and the British Bulldog taking on Psycho Sid and the Legion of Doom. Um, then Shawn Michaels will, of course, battle Stone Cold Steve Austin. You'll get the King of the Ring tournament final. And The Undertaker will defend the World Wrestling Federation Championship with Paul Bear at his side against Farouk with the Nation of Domination. So make sure you check that out. That's all next week. Glenn, you got anything else you want to add before we put a bow on this one? 
No, I think that's it. Well, that's it. That's all. So that means it's time for the plug. Glenn, who do we need to plug this week? Um, well, we just set up with uh, Unbooking the Territory that we're going to do a watch-along coming up in October. Uh, we're going to be watching an old classic World of Sport match between Les Kellett and Bobby Barnes. And it'll be you, me, and the Mayor, and Rob and Dan. Oh, boy. So that should be interesting, to say the least. <laughs> I can't see how it wouldn't be. <laughs> Of course, check out the guys at DDT Wrestling, DCN Doc. Andy Bang Bang Podcast, he got on to me. He's big, he's planning for his Christmas specials now. So he'll be back on air soon. And of course, um, keep your eyes and ears open for the new series of the Doctor Who podcast that will be coming soon. That's right. Make sure you follow all of those wonderful people on whatever platforms they choose to use, and make sure you check out all those podcasts. And make sure you check out all of our other podcasts, of course. The Life and Times. I don't know shit. The Life and Times of Psycho Sid. We are working our... Where episode three is out right now. Episode four will be out this Friday. And then... Make sure you check out, of course, either the Mayor of Superstars or AWI Pod Worldwide. They're alternating weeks. One, we watch WF Superstars from 1993. And one, currently, we are working our way to the 1991 Halloween Havoc show. We got one more worldwide, Glenn, and then we're going to be getting spooky in October as we watch some. Oh, wait to see. Horrors, and that's going to be amazing. Yeah, the electric chair in the ring and everything. Oh, I can't, be, can't wait for it. Yes, it's going to be an AWI pod spectacle because that is exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. What we're looking for. Um, but yeah, I don't think I got anything else to plug. I would tell you to follow our other member of our podcast team, but that would be useless um, because he's not on social media at the moment. But shout out to the mayor of Canton. Um, another member of our podcast team. Shout we know he's still listening at least. So. We know he heard, hears our voices, so that's all that matters. And if you want to hear his voice, you can hear it every week here at AWI Pod. That's the only place you're going to hear it. So why else would you fucking listen to us, right, Glenn? Yep, exactly. Oh, we forgot about one plug. Sports Wire Radio. I forgot about it because the mayor always used to do the Sports Wire Radio plug. Make sure you check out Sports Wire Radio. Give our buddy Thomas Price a follow on, on the X or on Twitter. I know he's on there. It's Thomas Price 2017. And on Instagram, it's Thomas Price 2020. So make sure you check those out. That's it. That's all. That's all I got. The only thing left to do is for Glenn to say goodbye. Goodbye.